Thank you for joining us here with the First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, The Woman They Could Not Keep Silent. Our liturgist today is Catherine Ott. The special music selection titled Just a Little Walk with Jesus is performed by a men's ensemble, including Matt Hollendowner, David Truesdale, Dan Thompson, Rich Hutt, and Glenn Caper. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Psalms 146. The gospel reading is taken from Mark 7, 24 through 37. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture by saying the prayer of illumination together. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven, amen. The scripture reading is from Psalm 146. Let us listen to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love, and wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made 
Scripture reading is, our gospel reading is from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Let us listen to the word of God. From there, he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then, then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis, they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away and put his finger to his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you haven't read The Woman They Could Not Silence by Kate Moore, have you all seen this, heard about it? Order it. Get it from the library. Read this book. 
Doesn't matter whether you live in Jacksonville, Illinois or not, Elizabeth Packard is someone we all need to know about and teach our children about and give thanks that she wouldn't be silenced. Right when I got this book, I was about to read my favorite action-packed dystopian novel, but this one blew it way out of the water. And it actually happened right here in Jacksonville, Illinois. It it made me uh, mad and disgusted and dumbfounded. But it also made me amazed at this woman's sheer audacity. What Elizabeth Packard had to deal with is insane. Can I say that? For all those who haven't read this book, here's a simple description. In 1860, Elizabeth Packard, a housewife and mother of six, is facing her enemy who sits across the table and sleeps in the next room. Her husband of 21 years is plotting against her because he feels increasingly threatened by Elizabeth's intellect, her independence, and unwillingness to stifle her own thoughts. So Theophilus makes a plan to put his wife back in her place. One summer morning, he has her committed to the insane asylum. And the horrific conditions inside the Illinois State Hospital in Jacksonville, Illinois, are overseen by Dr. Andrew McFarlane, a man who proves to be even more dangerous to Elizabeth than her traitorous husband. But more disturbing is that Elizabeth is not the only sane woman confined to the institution. There are many rational women on, the, on her ward who tell this same story. They've been committed not because they need medical treatment, but to keep them in line, conveniently labeled crazy, so their voices are ignored. Many of us learned something new this summer about the state law at the time, which allowed husbands to send their wives to the asylum without any trial. And while she was imprisoned here in Jacksonville, she and others found no one willing to fight for their freedom, disenfranchised both by gender and the stigma of their supposed madness, they could not possibly fight for themselves. Now the truth is, we have heard this story too many times to count women who are longed silenced. And we know it occurs today, we've certainly read it in our history books eerily, this story, Elizabeth Packard's story, is one we've heard before. It even happens in the Bible. Did you hear it in today's gospel reading? I'll keep the details about the Syrophoenician woman encountering Jesus vague, but listen to the similarities. Now, he thought he could silence this mother, but she was fiercely independent, which cut against the fabric of society. She was facing the unthinkable and had no other options left. Yet the man who tried to silence her was not only well-known and well-respected, he was also a religious leader. Try as he might, there was no way she would be silenced. This woman was bold, witty, and determined. She had one weapon left in her arsenal, and it was her way with words. Originally, Jesus had planned a getaway. He wanted and probably needed a retreat, so he went off to the Gentile lands of Tyre and then later Decapolis to find escape, to be among Gentiles, outsiders, the other. 
in order to pause from the rigors of stress-filled ministry for his people. I'm sure we could all understand Jesus' need for retreat. However, a Syrophoenician woman who's worried about her daughter comes to Jesus in desperate need. Now, people have excused and explained away Jesus' reaction to this woman, but there really is no good excuse for the way Jesus treats her. Yet she is deterred or shocked and instead counters with wit and humor. And as one scholar says, refuses to be placed in the role of a victim. If this is the system, then she will subvert it. She's determined that her voice will be heard. It's the Syrophoenician woman who becomes, for the moment, the teacher. And Jesus acknowledges that she has gained the upper hand, and he heals her daughter, not expressly due to the mother's faith, but because of this word you have said. In fact, these encounters with the other changed Jesus, expanding his horizons and enlarging his empathy. That's what this other witty, unafraid Gentile woman teaches Jesus. She pulls mercy and grace out of Jesus, for she's convinced that God's grace and mercy extends to her too. And she's there to claim it. And it's in this moment in Tyre and later in Decapolis when Jesus is among Gentiles, the other, that it becomes apparent that God's reign has dawned among the Gentiles. The Syrophoenician woman wasn't fighting solely for herself, but she was fighting for her daughter's life and for mothers and women long silenced by societal rules. And thousands of years later, Elizabeth Packard, who was falsely imprisoned, she wasn't fighting solely for herself either, but for her children and for other women in this insane asylum, fighting and clawing her way out. With only one thing, words. She not only had to self-publish her books, but eventually encouraged and convinced any way she could those men in power to protect women who were long silenced. It wasn't always perfect. The steps forward were small, but little by little, she fought for those long silenced to receive justice and mercy. Don't we need to hear and share more stories like this? That God's grace and mercy extends to all, and it's our job to help folks claim it. Now, it's easy to be clouded by a sort of faux engagement with the other. So we must tread carefully in how we act and engage with the other. Wise churches must be willing to talk deeply and honestly about genuine encounters with others', others cultures and peoples. The very purpose of transformation and change is not for the other, but rather for society, for our community, for ourselves to be transformed. The very purpose of transformation and change is for us. We are better when we are moved beyond ourselves. That's what our church is called to do, just as one scholar says, to extend itself far beyond the cozy boundaries of familiarity. The church must listen carefully to the voices of those at the margins. Often it is the powerless who are the teachers. We must avoid the temptations of a closed system of certainty. Be open to 
those strangers and foreigners, those others who will teach us new insights, infect us with fresh joy and renew us with eager praise. If all we do is go to the places where people sound and act like us, then we're too cozy, too comfortable. God calls us to extend ourselves far beyond, far beyond. Listen to the strangers and foreigners, people who don't sound or look or act like us. And this story of Elizabeth Packard, this story of a Syrophoenician woman, is one where we see the powerless push down the powerful. But that's not the end of their stories. Even 2,000 and 150 years later, their way with words infect us and change us and teach us. The powerless are the ones we need to learn from. The other are the ones we need in our church family. The disenfranchised have abilities we desperately need. The foreigners can teach us how to love, inspire, and be renewed. So go out. Not reading the books and history that make you feel good. Not to the comfy places. Not to the places where you become powerful. But instead go out open to the strangers, to foreigners, to the other. Open to the powerless teachers. Open to discomfort and joy. Open to new insight and renewal. Allowing it to teach us, infect us, change us, and renew us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using Bill Pay. 
If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G.